Every generation gets analyzed. And since Time Magazine says today's millennials are 80 million strong and the biggest age grouping in American history, they're especially under the microscope. That same Time Magazine cover story, which we've linked to on our homepage, declares that millennials are the most threatening and exciting generation since the baby boomers brought about social revolution, not because they're trying to take over the establishment, but because they're growing up without a thought about them right under their noses. We gathered five millennials in the studio, Crystal, Ashanti, Chris, Josh, and Lebo, and asked them how they feel about being so scrutinized as a generation. All right, let's introduce everybody uh, gathered in the room here, our millennial crowd. They're, they're already off and rolling in laughter. All right, Lebo, you're the laughing one over there. Introduce <laughs> She's the yourself. one who instigated it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're paying for that. Well, as you <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lebo, um, Lebo Poe. I'm from South Africa, Johannesburg. Um, and You're doing I'm a good a job. <laughs> I'm a student at the Moody Bible Institute, and I also um, in turn work with Moody Radio um, on the Chris Avery Live um, and with Urban Praise. I um, host from 6 to 12 uh, Saturday, Sunday mornings. Okay. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm 31. All right. So you're just sneaking into that millennial. Yeah. I had to ask yourself the other day. Uh, yourself. I had to ask you. The other day, <laughs> am I still a millennial? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking about um, adults born between 1980 and 2000. Adults and young people. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Next to you is Crystal. I'm Crystal Anderson. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. And I am a Moody student. I work at Moody Radio with Midday Connection and Bring to Mind. And um, I love to travel. I just want to put that in there. <laughs> it's amazing. You should all do it. Which you did for years before yes, you. Yes, I did. I'm a little older. Yeah. I'm 28. Okay. Um, so, yeah. All right. And across from you is uh, Chris Burdick. Yeah, I fall right into the middle of the millennial crowd. I was born in 1990. I'm 23 years old. And... Um, again, my name is Chris Burdick. I grew up in the Indianapolis area, although I consider Chicago my home now. And um, like Crystal, I love to travel. It's a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, what do you do here at Moody? Oh, I work on websites. I build websites for all the different wonderful programs that Moody Radio has. Yeah. And uh, Josh Kloss. Yep, Josh Kloss. I'm producer of Bring to Mind. I'm a graduate of Moody Bible Institute, graduated about four and a half years ago now, and part-time grad student at Trinity International University. And yeah, I'm 25. Okay, and Ashanti. Ashanti Petaway, uh, coordinator for Urban Praise Radio, class of 2012, graduate of Moody Bible Institute, happily married to my beautiful wife, Amanda. Hey, boo. <laughs> and uh, I'm 34 years old, just made the cut. You know, I kind of, I was joking earlier, I kind of fall in between where I don't count on either side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, today we want to talk about your age demographic, and there's a lot of analyzing going on. Uh, the May 20 issue of Time Magazine, you were on the cover of, of the magazine, a big uh, article on millennials. And I'm wondering how you feel about being analyzed. Now, I'm a boomer, so my age demographic at your age was highly analyzed. We were the protesters 
Uh, some of us were getting shot in anti-war demonstrations on college campuses, heavily into the drug culture. Music was changing. Guys were growing their hair long. Women had their skirts shortened. They were beginning to wear pants everywhere. <sighs> Yeah, Poor so a <laughs> lot of, lot of analyzation of my generation as well. I'm wondering if every generation goes under the microscope. But how about you guys? Do you notice it? I think one of the interesting things about our generation is that we analyze ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. We're constantly considering ourselves. And so I think one of the things that, that makes me a little frustrated about this always being under the finger of someone else is that I'd like to see those fingers pointed different directions. Yeah. I'd like to be in more conversations than just to be the butt end of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, where do you want the finger to point? Uh, well, finger pointing, I don't think is the best, <laughs> the best image for it. I just, I love to be in conversation and to, to help try to understand each other. Mm-hmm. Like, are you saying transgenerational? Yes, absolutely. Okay. okay. Well, maybe if I can quickly ask a question and push back, Melinda. Yeah. Um, was your generation analyzed or was it stereotyped? Because I would say uh, analyzed. It was put down. Put I down, think there was but, a lot of fear. So it may be analyzed um, and then quickly come to a conclusion about us. And we were scary. You know, communism yeah. was a great fear, and they all, there was almost an association with um, the components of my generation that we might be contributing mm-hmm. to the spread of communism. No joke. Mm-hmm. All of it was subversive to America. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking, because even, you know, I've seen the Pew Forum and those other in-depth studies that then they make generalizations. I think that's the thing for me is, you're making a generalization about the, I believe millennials are now the largest generation yes, right. after boomers. And so it's just these sweeping generalizations. And, you know, I've even heard at times, oh, you think that because you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, not necessarily, because, yeah, I, I align with millennials in this way. But these other ways, I don't. Okay, but in my generation, um, I was not a drug user and... Sure. <laughs> all the rest of it too you know i didn't what? go to woodstock and all that you know i was actually too young for it but um yeah but yet even if you don't share the characteristics of the generalizations of your demographic you're still lumped in with it mm-hmm. and isn't there an ethos that you absorb somehow because i think for my generation i knew we were rebels and we also were sad because uh, there were assassinations one after the another. You know, mm-hmm. there's Robert Kennedy. There was his, you know, John Kennedy. There was George Wallace got shot. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. got shot. Um, you know, it was very prevalent back then. Mm-hmm. So do you sense mm-hmm. that the ethos of your demographic, these generalizations? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things is is your generation was pretty well characterized by some major events. Mm-hmm. And right. we have some of these events, but they're really long things. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have we don't have sort of you're coming off the tail of a couple of big wars and then had a couple of big ones contained within that generation. Mm-hmm. And for our generation, we just have these long sort of cultural shifts that are happening. Like um well like like the war on terror. This mm-hmm. has been going on for the better part of all of our lifetimes. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that it's not like a rallying cry anymore. It's just sort of this, I don't even know how to say it. Yeah. (laughs) What did you say, Josh? Thing that is. Oh, okay. Just 
out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's constant change all the time in our generation, and we have so much information all the time. So we're able to look at the world in a different way than previous generations because we can see it, we can go and travel to it, um, and so we're very mobile and we can mm-hmm. get what we're looking for. And so I think when we are analyzed, we're looked at as why don't you just take it because I said it. Well, but I want to know why you said it. Um, maybe you are right, but let's figure out if you are right. And they see that as an attack on their generation. And it was interesting because I was talking to my mom about this, and she started asking a lot of the same questions. And she's like, oh, I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, be careful. They'll write you off and just go, oh, that's a millennial thought. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. not worth our time. Uh, and I think that's the hardest part is, oh, it's a millennial thought. Okay, but haven't we become a country of analyzing just, you know, Per se, I mean, everything. Every everything is analyzed. <laughs> yeah. You know, you talk about Pew Research. There's you know research all the time. There's facts all the time, and I wonder if that will ever go away now. Once it's begun, I don't know. Just especially with how uh, social media, everything mm-hmm. is. I mean, we just always analyze. There's so much information. You're almost forced to analyze because you, if you don't, then you're you'll be prehistoric. You'll miss out on what's going mm-hmm. on. And I think the biggest thing is for us is this mindset of we're not just going to take your word for it. We're going to question it. And for some reason, that is seen as um, disrespectful. And it's like, no, listen, you guys grew up in a generation that said it was wrong to ask questions. And if you asked a question, it was rebellious. So you had those who conformed and wouldn't ask questions and just take it as is and do it. Well, that's not us. Mm -hmm. We're going to ask questions. I think we have a right to ask questions uh, and you have a right to have to explain it. Uh You know, I think for my generation, our actions were questioned. Mm. Okay, our actions. Mm -hmm. We were doing all kinds of new crazy things. But for you, we are questioning your mind, how you look at the world, where you're going. What are you about? It's your personhood. Mm-hmm. Well, frankly, yeah. I would rather be challenged than to be written off. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would rather raise a question and for someone to come back and say, you're not asking the right question, or that question isn't appropriate for this given context, rather than to say, you're just a millennial, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not liking this label I'm, I'm catching. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, and I think it's, it's just become such a trend that yeah. like, you know, even here at Moody, we have a millennials publishing team and we're trying to target programming <laughs> for millennials. And, you know, I understand the idea and I'm really thankful that we're trying to to create things that are for, for my generation. But at the same time, I don't necessarily want to be a millennial. I don't I don't really know Does what that means. Does it put you in a box? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but I don't know what that box is. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what I'm figuring out is you don't even know who you are, which have, have 20-somethings ever known? Although in my generation, one thing we knew is you went to college and you got a job. Yeah. What is wrong with you guys in the room here? You're off traveling. You're off doing this and that. I came to college. I got a job. <laughs> oh, you did? I don't okay. know what you're talking about. I did the same. Yeah. <laughs> the, the reason is this is because... We saw the miserable lives, <laughs> honestly, not, not, not all across Thanks. the board, but you had a lot of people who you saw who did that and you're like, oh, you hated life. And oh, they're like, yeah. you know, I don't want that. So let me go. I'm in my 20s. I've got nothing to lose. No wife, no kids. I'm going to go see what I can see. You know, maybe I'll go backpack through Europe with well, no what money. What were you doing? You just graduated recently. What were you doing previous to that? <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> I had another stint in college prior. Okay, how successful Amen. was that? Unlike you, who did not participate in any, any illegal substances, I Ooh. I chose to, and okay. uh, I kind of just kind of wild out. So okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think well, part of it is we hear so many people from who are married say, "Oh, enjoy your time while you're single." <laughs> yeah. Apparently, getting married and having kids completely wrecks your life. <laughs> yeah. From the way some people yeah. put it, yeah. it's like your life completely changes and you won't be able to go anywhere once you okay. get married. Truth be told, my daughter's 24 and she used to say to me, and I'm closing my eyes saying this because I don't want to look at any of you. It's so embarrassing. She, she would say to me, I don't want to be a mom. Ooh. Mm. Well, there I was working, you know, in the home. I have to go here, there, racing around, this and that. Didn't look fun. Mm. You know, now maybe I wasn't a fun mom. Maybe I was too task-oriented or whatever. So I'm not going to, you know, overanalyze that. I was who I was. And I I don't know as she's gotten older that she would say that. I think she sees the place of motherhood in her life. But at the time, it, there wasn't great appeal. I think in my generation, it was a given. This is what you do. You don't think about it. And I think that's the hardest part of it is it was, this is what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. as opposed to, this is something amazing that you can do, that you're a part of something. And I think that's what our generation really wants. We want to be a part of something that makes a difference. And so when we're just told to do something, then it's not really making a difference because I'm not using my passions. I'm not using my gifts. And so there are a lot of people that are looking and trying to find something. And kind of going back to what Chris said, I think this generation really wants to be mentored and challenged by the previous generations. But when we're written off, then, well, then there's no point for me. I'm mm-hmm. going to give up. I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to fall into Facebook or Nintendo. Well, actually, what is it now? PlayStation. Wow. <laughs> I don't do any of those things. Wow. I'm old. Nintendo 64, guys. Oh, come, oh, on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, come on. Good save. I think yeah. for me, it's it's just very interesting. Like I'm learning a lot listening to you guys talk because coming from where I come from and the political um, scene there, I'm just coming out of the whole apartheid regime. We get analyzed in terms of what our forefathers did and how they they um, kind of Nelson Mandela being in prison for 27 years. They sacrificed so much of themselves so that we could get educated. Um, so that we could um, have a fair chance at getting good jobs. Um, and so they analyze us and they look at we we struggled and, and we gave up our lives and marriages and, and being there for our children so that you can have this and you guys are just kind of partying it away or, you know. Um, so th- they're perspective and their analyzation is is from a different context and I think it's very valid. You remind me of when you're saying this of like the boomers after the builders. They had been through war and the depression and had to fight, you know, world wars that were huge. And so then my generation came along and just started partying. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and getting an education, mm-hmm. but you know, so it seems like maybe you're a little bit behind. But I mean, we 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 also place in the same um, arena where my mom was always like, "Don't ask me why, just do it." Mm-hmm. When I was growing up, I didn't ask why. And see, that's my generation. Yeah, you know, we couldn't question. I see, you guys are you're questioners, you're thinkers, mm-hmm. you're thinking through. And I think the things. biggest thing to understand is this: for say the other generations looking at us, listening to us in our questions 
understanding us does not mean you agree with us. And that's something I had to learn as a husband. Well, how can we relate to you if we don't mm-hmm. agree with you? Because we can be very black and white. Yeah. And we we solve for clarity and certainty. Yeah, and it, and that's where you kind of have to take a shift and grow in that regard. Because like I said, I've had to learn to grow as a husband in that. Like me and my wife may not agree with it, but if I just sit here and say, I don't agree with what you're saying, she's like, but you're not listening. I need you to listen mm-hmm. and understand what I'm feeling and expressing mm-hmm. to you as emotion. And as a guy, my computer says, okay, I'm malfunctioning. This isn't processing right. <laughs> and it's the same way where you have to learn, I understand. Doesn't mean I agree with what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, though. So mm-hmm. as you guys hear from us, being able to say, you know what? Okay, I understand that. Which I love about you guys because you really want to dialogue. I yeah. think in my generation, the, reb- the rebel generation, we were like, you're not hearing us, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not listening to us. And guess what? We didn't want you to. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have dialogued with us, we would have kept rebelling and, and pushing back and we were too fruity to care but you guys really do care you want to have conversation i think it's probably a natural um outworking of the fact that we live in an information economy you grew up more in an industrial manufacturing Mm -hmm. economy we aren't going out and making things with our own hands we're having to you know write or do more and more of these creative cerebral Mm -hmm. cerebral yeah. yeah good point very much so. I, I find that just in, in trying to describe what I do to my parents, to my grandparents, <laughs> my job yeah. is this sort of smorgasbord of social media content and web content and deep technical languages and things like this. And I, I can't just put my finger down and say, this is what I do because every day it's different. And mm-hmm. I think that's the case for most people our age. But you're in technology. It's changing all the time. Every yeah. year. It's different. I mean, they're talking about Facebook, the demise of Facebook. Oh, you know, and, and on to <laughs> Let's something not even else. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris, it's just changing. You know, all yeah. of you. I mean, the technology. You know, where my generation was, man on the moon and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and dis- discovery of things. You're, you're this information age is yeah. really coming at you. It you're, is. I think even just looking at, I mean, something basic as pop culture. Um, it's changing, but yet it's still bringing a lot of the past, if that makes sense. It's kind of yeah. re- <laughs> reshaping itself. And so I think we are finding value in um, the uh, older generation. So we, we don't want to totally disregard. And I think that's what Ashanti is trying to say, is we're, we're, we're wanting to dialogue because we know that they're poles of wisdom that we can gain from the older generation, but we shut down as soon as we're told, oh, you're this, so okay. we're, we're so not even we trying to... So when we put you in a box, that that's over. Yeah. Well, and we're a very story-driven generation, and I think we all want to be part of this sort of like big story, and when we're put into a box, it's like we're kind of being cut out of something that's bigger. And so to have this opportunity mm-hmm. to connect with an older generation and to connect with a younger generation mm-hmm. and, and to write this broader story is a really neat opportunity. And I think we get frustrated when we're cut out of that. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go around the room if, if you would like to do this. Talk to boomers right now and say to them what, what you would like from them. Who who do you want them to be? Because I'm thinking of especially conservative Christian boomers who are very much as I said earlier about certainty and a Bible verse, you know, scripture, you know, for everything, a, 
a Christian response to everything. You want to dialogue and have conversations about this crazy world, this technological world you're growing up in and finding yourself in. So you mentioned earlier, a couple of you have, but you did, Crystal, about this mentoring. And and you talked about well, Lebo wanting these pearls from the older generation. And I think, Ashanti, you did. Well, all of you have, I think. <laughs> um, so... Okay, before we wrap things up here, let's go around the circle and talk to a boomer and picture picture me in front of you. <laughs> what do you want to say to us? What do you want from us? What do you need from us? How, how do we need to be? Help um, shape for us who we need to be before you. For me, it would be share yourself with me. Don't tell me how to live my life. Share with me how you lived your life and then in turn allow me to discuss that with you and why I may be or I may view it differently but how can we learn from each other and I think that's what I would really like is can we learn from each other um, and especially in the church sanctify each other and be on this journey together I think for me it's um, authenticity Um, and that means share with me how you overcame struggles don't don't give me like you just said, a Bible verse. I remember the one time I was going through a really hard time and someone um, who was supposed to mentor me at the time just threw Bible verses at me. And I was like, I know those Bible verses. I don't want to hear them right now. And then she turned around and said, well, then you're not being a real Christian. I, I don't want to know that, you know, like help me work through the muck, get dirty with me and help me understand how you got dirty um, in you know, get, getting through to, to the end of the tunnel kind of thing. So authenticity is a really big one for me. Share and, 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 and know that I'm listening. I want to learn from you. Ashanti? Dear baby boomer, <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that we're not a science project. <laughs> so there's no need to fix us and put us in a little test tube and do all kind of practices. But don't be scared of us. Uh, we genuinely love you, want you to understand us. And remember that understand does not mean you agree. Mm-hmm. And I think lastly, I want to throw some Ebonics in there is, man, just keep it real. Let me let me feel you <laughs> in the aspect of like share with me what really has happened in life. Not just like, oh, I found Jesus and now everything was good. But like or even if you're not a believer, wherever you are, just don't try and teach me perfection. Show me. About, tell me about those times where it's like, you know what? I hated life at one point, you know, I struggle with this, you know, Hey, you know what? I used to do this. And that way I can kind of feel that you're, you are a real person, not a robot. Preach brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny. Cause I think we all kind of have the same idea, this agreement in this, that I want someone to sort of call me up. Um, I think you have a lot to, to add as boomers. You've lived a lot of your life as believers and, and have this strong faith And I think I struggle a lot of times when I'm struggling with something and someone hands me a book and says, read this. (laughs) Or, you know, like Labo said, they give you a a collection of verses and say, you know, this is what helped me. No, talk to me about that. You know, 
those verses are important, but how did you process this? And, you know, that's been important for me as, um, you know, I was, I'm recently engaged. And so I'm talking with a lot of couples in my church and trying to understand what this process looks like and, and how to build a good marriage. And I don't want you to give me a book on a good marriage. I want you to tell me how you did it and the struggles that you faced and how you overcame them. And that's what's really important to me is sharing your experience so that I can relate to that in some way. I would say invite me in. I know a lot of boomers, their schedule is a little more rigid, especially if they've got kids, depending on the age of kids, all of that. Um, My schedule is more flexible. It's full, yes, but invite me in. Ask me over. You know what times work well for you. Um, And yeah, just get to know who I am. Let me get to know who you are and let a relationship develop. We boomers grew up in a scientific age where proof texting was huge. <laughs> and I'm hearing all of you say you don't, don't want to hear about a proof texted life. Is yeah. that right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No cookie cutter lives. Yeah. We want to see the down and dirty of it and how God worked in that situation. And Melinda, I want to hear you say it. Just say this. Say, boomers, just keep it real. <laughs> Do I have to say it you, like you? You can't say it properly. You got to have some looseness to it. I got to have some, little, yeah. some swag to it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I can do this. Uh, uh, boomers, keep it real. There yeah, yeah. Go. Way Amen. to go. <laughs> well, Melinda, can I ask too, um, as someone from this boomer generation, maybe not a typical boomer, but do you have anything that you'd like to say to us? Yeah. Get a job. <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> and keep it for more than three years, okay? You're driving us crazy. <laughs> we worry about you. Uh, yeah, really. It's. I think we're worried for you guys because you're not nailed down. But when I look at our generation... How crazy and unnailed down did we look, <laughs> you know, back in the 60s and 70s? Well, but we did go to college and get a job. Then we got greedy and did the 80s, but we have something to show for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would just say maybe quickly in response to that is we definitely live in a world where the sense of place has changed. The Internet has removed as the importance of location. I think that's something a lot of millennials are rediscovering the importance of location, you know, being physically where your community is at, but something that we're working through. I'm Melinda Schmidt, and this is Bring to Mind. Josh Kloss is our producer with assistance from Crystal Anderson. Chris Seagard engineered our podcast today. My thanks to Ashanti, Chris, Josh, Crystal, and Lebo for being a part of our Millennial Panel. We've got related article and books about today's topic at bringtomind.org, as well as that Time Magazine cover article, Analyzing Millennials One More Time, called The Me, Me, Me Generation. Join us next week here at bringtomind.org for another discussion of faith in a unique setting. (laughs) 